Episode of the No Chains Attached podcast. This is your host Garrett Bastardi, still riding solo right now without without my partners in crime. Still uh, still wondering where they are. Still still trying to see if we're gonna we're gonna get the, the boys back. We're not getting Dow back. He's 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 lost overseas. But Colin, we're still working on him. Uh, the Ohio State aficionado. Um, so follow us on the new No Chains Attached podcast Twitter account at No Chains One. Or at No Chains Pod One, I believe. Um, the cowards at Twitter they, they banned the first account, so I was trying to fire up the account. I'm trying to get this thing rolling again, and um, I see that the account's banned. Um, I don't know if we did some, you know, vaccine or or COVID misinformation. I don't remember us tweeting about that stuff, uh, but that is that is what happened. So we had to fire up a new account. Hope we get some followers on there. Um, rate and subscribe on the uh, the, the No Chains uh, podcast account on uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud, and uh, let's get rolling ahead here. We we had a big big week two of college football, and that's what we'll, we'll mostly hit college football today. Um, obviously, NFL started. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of NFL. I was still recovering a little bit on Sunday from from having the first in person football game I've been to in about two years at Penn State here. So. Um, you know, Sunday was a little bit of a reprieve from football, but uh, we, we will we will touch on a little bit of NFL maybe at the end. But uh, college football week two, um, the the big story of the week was was Ohio State uh, not being able to stop stop Oregon uh, and that attack, that offensive attack. Uh, obviously, Ohio State's offense is is plenty good enough to beat anybody in the country, uh, but but that defense is certainly an issue, um, and. You know, I, I week one. If if anybody did listen to the week one podcast of of this season, you know, I, I said it looked like to me that there were two teams uh, that were ahead of everybody else, and that was Alabama at one A, Ohio State a step down at one B, and then everybody else. Uh, I believe Ohio State's offense is as as explosive as the Alabama offense, but very clearly, um, you know, Ohio State cannot compete at that level with the defense that they're playing with. So. Uh, we'll see if they're able to to make any changes um, going down the road here. What they're going to have to do, and what Ryan Day is going to have to do, is make some some staff staff adjustments. Uh, Kerry Combs is going to have to go, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Uh, you know, the guy has never um, you know been a defensive coordinator prior to uh, his stint as the defensive coordinator of Ohio State. He was he's a good position coach, and that's what he should be. He should be a position coach. And a, a, a little, you know, fun fact is, you know, Ohio State does not have, besides Kerry Combs, who has now two, three years' experience as the Ohio State defensive coordinator, um, Ohio State does, does not have someone who has served at a def- as a defensive coordinator at any other post in college football on their staff right now. And that is clearly showing. They just look like they're all over the place on defense. They don't know how to, you know, set the edge. They don't know how to get in the correct coverage. Uh, they are way too talented uh, to to be just being run all over the place by by an Oregon Duck team who is ta- they're talented themselves. But they have their two bit best defenders missing uh, with Thibodeau and um, and one of their linebackers. And the fact that they were just really dominated the entire game 
at the shoe in Columbus um, is cause for concern for Ohio State fans. And that is really why I'd like to have Colin on the pod here because he could give us the, uh, the, the sky is falling take uh, for, for Ohio State and for that fan base. But um, that, that is the, the big story of, of the week um, coming out of week two. Um, you know, moving to maybe story 1A or the, the, second, the second line of, of stories is, uh, you know, Texas is, they are, I mean, as a, as a Texas A&M fan, as someone who um, really dislikes the University of Texas, I take great joy in watching the Arkansas Razorbacks just absolutely run them back to, back to Austin. Um, you know, that, that was something that I took a lot of joy in watching. Um, my unbiased take is what the hell is going on in Austin? What the hell is going on in, in Los Angeles? What's going on in Miami? What's going on in Tallahassee? These, these blue bloods, even Lincoln in Nebraska, um, these blue bloods just are not, you know, we're about to go on a generation here of, of, uh, of, you know, people growing up becoming college football fans and not knowing how good these teams used to be. Uh, I mean, I remember growing up when I was eight or nine years old watching, you know, Matt Leinart of Reggie Bush. I mean, I had a fat head of Reggie Bush up in my room. He was the most exciting player I've ever seen to this day play college football, um, you know, maybe besides Johnny uh, at A&M. And now they're just irrelevant. Texas is irrelevant. They are an irrelevant college football program right now. Um, and, you know, some of the some of the funny things, you know, over the summer with them going to the SEC, you know, we're trying to we're trying to go to a better conference. We're trying to, you know, we, we need to leave these these smaller schools like TCU and Tech and Kansas and Kansas State. Texas in the last eight or nine years has the sixth best record in the Big 12. They're, they're not anywhere on the level of an Oklahoma or even Oklahoma State, TCU, the, the success Baylor had before uh, the, the scandal there. Um, and, you know, they, they hired Sarkeesian and, you know, there's a lot of, they get a good win week one against Louisiana, who isn't a bad opponent. Um, and then go in the Fayetteville Saturday night and just get, I mean, it wasn't like it was a close game on a tough, a, a, a tough environment against a tough opponent. Like, it, it was, it was 40 to 14. It was a, um, it was a beat down, um, you know, until, you know, Texas scored a couple garbage or a garbage touchdown at the end. So, um, you know, and now they're they're ditching Hudson Card, and they're going to the to the backup at Texas, and um, you know I, that just does not bode well if uh, if Steve Sarkeesian is already going to be second guessing his his quarterback decision making um, this early in the year. So, you know that those are the two bigger takeaways uh, from week two. Um, you know, Ohio State and, and Texas. If we if we roll down the scoreboard a little bit, and I am glad that there weren't that many people that listened to the first podcast last week, and honestly, it wasn't even supposed to be that listened to. It was just thrown out, seeing if I still knew how to work the freaking mic, seeing if I knew how to upload the, the podcast onto Apple, seeing if that still worked. I was able to do it somehow. Um, but if people did notice, I did take UAB plus 24 and a half. Um, that was my my lock of the week. Uh, I did tell other people outside the podcast to take UAB, and um, they lost by forty nine. So um, apparently, we're back after the seven and zero start I had uh, gambling this year, and the fourteen and five start. Um, you know the 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 shine is off, as Mac Brown would say at, at North Carolina. The shine is off the the early gambling season. I'm gonna have to regret and get back at it at, at week. Um, Oklahoma dropped seventy six on on Western Carolina. Um, 
that was a uh, you know a, a good offensive uh, you know showing there and a, a good response after you know a really underwhelming performance against Tulane. Another storyline from from week two is that the Texas Aggies, Texas A and M, uh, eking a win out over Colorado on the road at Mile High. I was concerned going into this game. AM was giving 17. I did not see them covering. Um, even if Haynes King, who has a broken ankle, who's out for a month, will be out for four to six weeks, about a month, month and a half. Even if he was healthy the whole game, I did not see AM covering that spread. With that said, in the second half, um, you know, they, they, they started to get the ball moving. Um, you know, they, they, they got the ball in the end zone, fumbled in the end zone. It probably should have been a 21-7 victory, a 17-7 victory, but it ended up being a 10-7 eager. Um, A&M has absolutely underwhelmed the first two weeks of the year. Um, they didn't even look good against Kent State in week one. And, you know, obviously at Colorado, the, there was just not a, not a whole lot of urgency on the offensive side of the ball. Could not block a lot of guys. Um, and we don't know how good or not good Colorado is. Uh, you know, going on the road at a, at a Power 5 opponent is – is never easy, um, and at a conference especially. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. a and has a week to tune up uh, before they, they go play at Jerry World against Arkansas in a couple weeks, a, a very confident, strong Arkansas team. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation down in College Station. Uh, you know, moving on, um, Cincinnati, Clemson all took care of business. Penn State took care of business. Uh, Iowa goes on the road at Ames, gets a big top 10 win. They're now in the top five. Notre Dame ekes out a win against Toledo. Um, and, yeah, that's about that's about week one. Or, I'm sorry, week two. Uh, you know, the last thing we'll kind of hit with week two is, you know, USC getting absolutely stomped by Stanford. Uh, the Like I was saying earlier, the, these, these historical blue bloods, um, just not, just not getting it done. And in response, yesterday USC fired Clay Helton. So we're going to have a, a very big coaching search going on. Um, you know, a couple names that are right off the top of the head: uh, Luke Fickle, uh, Urban Meyer. Depending on how things go down in, in Jacksonville, uh, I, we we know that they're going to go after James Franklin at Penn State. This has been something that uh, has been talked about before. We know Florida State went hard after James Franklin a few years ago. And, you know, after Penn State season last year, uh, there was a little bit of, like I said earlier, the shine coming off maybe James Franklin and how hot of a, a coaching candidate he would be. I think the first couple weeks of, of this season have, have kind of, you know, reinvigorated this Penn State program. And, uh, and, in, and in turn, you know, I, I still think James Franklin is someone who is a, a really good coach and a really good candidate. I have, would have no idea other than maybe personal reasons as to why he would ever want to leave a situation like Penn State and go try to turn around USC. That seems like a, just a black hole out there. Uh, we've seen that with you know Tennessee, Florida State, Nebraska, Texas, USC, Miami, just jobs that you really do not want right now. And I do not see that being a job that you want. There's a lot of pressure with that job. They do have a lot of talent on the roster. He would be able to recruit insane, dominate the West Coast. Um, but I, I just don't know after you know, what he's been able to build here and, you know, knocking on the door of the playoff at, at Penn State. I'm not really sure why James Franklin would want to take that job. That looks like a job more like, you know, maybe Luke Fickle would be interested in it. Um, and, you know, those are a couple of names that, that pop in off the top of the head right off the bat. Um, so, yeah, that, that, kind of, that was the big news from yesterday. 
uh, yeah, today being went or today being Tuesday, the big the big news um, from Monday was Clay Helton fired at USC. Uh, if we move on to the week three slate, uh, you know, right off the bat, we got we got Big Noon Sunday. You guys know how, or Big Noon Saturday. Everybody knows how I feel about Big Noon Saturday. I think it is an absolute travesty uh, what Fox Sports does. The fact that the Oklahoma Nebraska football game is being played at noon is a joke, and in fact. Uh, you know, over the summer when Oklahoma and Texas left to go to the SEC, um, and obviously they're not in the SEC yet, but, you know, in agreement to go to the SEC, part of the complaint was the television contract and the fact that we're going to have to play noon games in, in some of our biggest rivalry games and some of our biggest games this season. Um, I don't – I would think at this point – I mean, go back to week two. You know, it is a joke that Oregon and Ohio State is being played at noon. Um, there's just something about that, to me at least, and I, I know other people share this sentiment, um, that it just – some games are meant for a primetime spot. There's a reason why it's primetime. It's the prime game. It's the game of the week. Uh, you know, Ohio State-Oregon is the game of the week last week. Imagine that game being played at night, everybody watching it. Not everybody wa- is watching it at noon. You know, who watched Washington and Michigan? Who watched a team that lost to Montana the week before go to a Michigan team that went 2-6 and six last year? Not a lot of people. Who would have watched Oregon and Ohio State play? A lot more people. I, I just don't really know what Fox is trying to pull there. Um, and it's, but it is what it is. Um, thankfully, you know, Penn State doesn't go. Penn State, A&M, the teams I watch, some of the other teams I watch um, aren't really on Fox too much. So uh, they don't typically have to go deal with a big noon Saturday game. Uh, a, a little bit of a weak slate this week, uh, just going through the games. You know, I just mentioned Oklahoma and Nebraska. Um, I think my Michigan State at Miami will be a good game. Uh, I like Michigan State in this game. Miami is a is a touchdown favorite. I like Michigan straight, State straight up. I think they got a lot going for them there. Um, and you know Miami is, you know, just like those other blue bloods that I mentioned, just cannot get on the right footing. I think Purdue Notre Dame will be an interesting ball game. Um, and then, you know, the the two big games of the week is going to be Alabama at Florida at three thirty on CBS. Um, Florida hasn't impressed uh, the first couple weeks at least enough uh, to at least enough to think, hey, maybe they can give they can give Alabama a run for their money. That I have not seen anything that can show that. Um, and they, there's a quarterback controversy, you know, between Emory Jones, um, a quarterback controversy at, uh, at Florida between Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. And you know, I was listening to Feinbaum yesterday. Uh, you know, talking about the SEC, a caller from Gainesville came in and made a really good point. Um, you know, would we have ever seen Kyle Trask at Florida if uh, if Felipe Franks didn't get hurt? Um, and you know, will we? I mean, Kyle Trask obviously ended up having you know one of the better seasons in college football history um, as a quarterback. And you know, Dan Mullen was slow to to pull the trigger. Would we have ever seen Kyle Trask? If, if Felipe Franks didn't get hurt. Um, sort of a similar situation here. Anthony Richardson has been more impressive when on the field, but they continue to ride with Emory Jones, which I get that. I get the, the commitment to the quarterback um, who you chose coming out the gate. But, you know, how much does Dan Mullen have to see to, to, put, uh, to put Anthony Richardson, you know, in the, in the go zone there and, and, and saddle him up as, a, as QB1? Uh, Alabama does not have a quarterback controversy. Bryce Young continues to light up defenses, and I believe that he will have a pretty good weekend this week down in Gainesville. Um, The other game, uh, 
in my backyard up here uh, in State College will be the whiteout game between Auburn and uh, and the Nittany Lions. Game 7:30, ABC place is going to be uh, a zoo. Um, you know, and, and for the college football world, I guess it's good to have this game back. Um, you know, it is a it, the word that keeps coming to mind as to what this is is a spectacle. Um, you know, sometimes I wish Penn State uh, as a as a university cared a little bit more about winning or as much about winning as they did. Um, making this the greatest, you know, scene in all of college football. But with that said, I'm very grateful that we do get to have this at, at the school and, and in our own backyard um, for those who are Penn State fans. Um, will be an interesting game. Uh, the line has been it w- it opened around uh, four and a half, I believe. Um, and it's now it's now bounced between six and a half and seven. We're looking at six and a half on most sports books. Um, the line oh, it did open at seven. So, um you know, the, I, 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 again, you know, being in this environment, having, uh, you know, been to several of these whiteout games, um, the, I was actually on Feinbaum's show yesterday and I tried to explain, you know, the, the Penn State's record of eight and eight against, uh, against opponents in the whiteout is a little bit misleading because they are usually playing the, the best team on their schedule. Uh, the lot, the number to look at is, you know, what is Penn State against the spread? And that number is somewhere, it's, it's something like 12 and three or 12 and four, which is a very good number against the spread over that long of a period of time, which goes to show that there is an environmental impact, um, you know, by the, by the fans, by the, by the scene of that game. Um, and so to me, it looks like it's a seven to 10 point impact. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can start Penn State off there uh, up seven to 10 points. The question is, can Auburn settle themselves enough to, to close that gap? Two years ago, I think of the Michigan, Penn State-Michigan game, Penn State was up 21 nothing right off the bat because of the environment itself. You know, Michigan was not prepared. They took a delay of game or a timeout on the first play of the game, which is the worst possible thing you could do in a situation like that. But once Michigan was able to get their sea legs under them, settle down, it came all the way down to the wire and it came down to a fourth down uh, stand or a goal line stand for Penn State to end up holding on for that victory. Uh, you know, Auburn as a, as a team, as a program, isn't too um, not used to situations like this. They play in the Iron Bowl every year, whether they're at home or on the road, that, that environment is out of control. You know, they go to Georgia, they go to the Swamp, they go to Death Valley at LSU. Um, so as a program, they've seen this. But the, the people who haven't seen something like this is the coaching staff at Auburn. Uh, Brian Harson, first-year coach uh, at Auburn, coming over from Boise State. I just wonder if they are going to be able to prepare the team enough to, to not let this get out of hand early. Um, the line is six. That's a good line. Um, I like Penn State by probably a touchdown. I was on a podcast earlier this week. My buddies, uh, Mikey Kresovich, straight from the Crest podcast, really, really good stuff over there. He's going to be covering a lot of different, a lot of different sports. But we were, uh, or a lot of different um, league sports, NFL, college, whatever. And we were on our Penn State recap and preview podcast. And you know, I, I like 24-17, 28-17, something in there. Um, I think the team, both teams, are going to. You know, be feeling each other out a little bit uh, when it comes to just you know game. I think it's more of a field position defensive battle uh, more so than a high scoring you know uh, shootout. Uh, but w- with that said, you know Auburn is number one in the country in scoring offense, number one in the country in scoring defense. 
against Akron and Alabama State. There is something to what Penn State has done the first two weeks, playing a defending conference champion who had the fourth longest win streak in the country in Ball State, who had 21 returning starters, and really just making that game look much easier than it probably was, and then going on the road in a very hostile environment and beating a very good Wisconsin team who looks like they're the favorites to win the Big Ten West and get to Indy. So these two teams have are arriving from two totally different positions. Penn State is tested so far this year. Auburn has not been tested. Um, Bo Nix went 9 of 17 against Alabama State last week. Uh, they did a lot of their action on the ground, a lot of their scoring on the ground. That's a number that, 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 would, that would scare me as an Auburn fan. You know, everybody was talking about how well he did week one. Um, you go 9 of 17 against Alabama State, I'd be a little concerned with that said. I do have a lot of respect for Bo Nix. Um, I, I don't know how composed he'll be, but I respect the athleticism. I respect the plays he can make. He has beaten Alabama. Um, he did so as a freshman, made a lot of plays in that game. Um, his ceiling is very high. I can see him, you know, getting happy feet, you know, a lot of pressure from, you know, Arnold Abiketti, or Abiketti from Penn State, uh, from that from this linebacker group, and, and Bo Nix going, you know, one touchdown, three interceptions. That is That seems like a stat line that he's had the first couple years at Auburn. Um, but with that said, you have to respect the athleticism. You have to respect, you know, you know the clout and the, the fact that he was a five-star coming out of high school. He has won games. Um, they have great running backs. The thing is, they're replacing Auburn's replacing a lot of guys uh, on the wide receiver core. They don't have Seth Williams anymore. They don't have the speedster Anthony Schwartz anymore. So, um, you know, their top, their leading receiver right now is 90 total yards uh, between uh, through two games and two games that they scored 60 points in in both games. Um, so, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, where Auburn is. Um, I, I guess one more comparison that I would have. Um, and Penn State fans will remember this, is a couple years ago, uh, Penn State in week three goes to Maryland, a, I believe a Friday night game. Maryland the first two weeks beat Howard and somebody else, both games 60-7. to seven. And everybody and their mother was on Maryland. Uh, Penn State, I believe, was a six-point dog in that game. And it, the game was on Fox Sports. Um, I'm watching Matt Leinart. I'm watching Reggie Bush. I'm watching them pick Maryland. Penn State goes out and wins 59 to nothing, something like that, 62 to three, something absurd. Um, I'm not saying Penn State is going to go do that. What I'm saying is you can't put a lot of stock in teams that go out and just beat the hell out of team, out of you know lesser opponents. You just can't do it. Um, I'm going to take the team that's tried and tested. That's Penn State. They won at uh, Wisconsin, beat a good Ball State team versus you know Auburn, who went out and you know, looked good relative to what they were, who they were playing. So uh, I, I like Penn State by seven to 10 points. I'm, I'm not going to bet the game, but if, if you're going to, if you're going to take someone to cover, um, I, I would definitely take Penn State to cover minus seven. Um, so yeah, that, that, that again, a, sort of a, a slow slate this week, um, you know, relative to week one. Week one was, you know, we were very spoiled. And honestly, as college football fans, uh, we deserve week one. We deserve the, those big matchups, Clemson and Georgia, Penn State, Wisconsin, um, you know, these big games. Uh, we, you know, we deserve that after LSU, UCLA, after having basically a year off. Um, so, you know, what I'm looking forward to this weekend, um, you know, being at the Penn State-Auburn game, uh, you know, having that atmosphere back, there's nothing quite like, um, 
you know, the college football atmosphere. I'm biased. I'm from, I'm from a college town. Um, I've really gone to predominantly college football games. But just generally, college football Twitter, the college football atmosphere, the tailgating, the games, um, you know, it, it, to me, it is unmatched in sports. Um, and, you know, this is something that, you know, the whiteout night, as, as Chris Fowler would say, uh, is something that is circled on almost everybody's college football calendar. And that's pretty cool to have that, um, you know, you know, in your own backyard. So, um, you know, really looking forward to, to a great weekend of college football. Uh, NFL, uh, you know, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I didn't watch a lot of NFL, but I did turn it on just long enough to watch them fumble in the red zone and lose to the Dolphins. Um, could be a costly loss, you know, losing early in the year um, to a divisional opponent in the AFC against a team that probably is going to be right up there to, to challenge to win the division in Miami. Um, but with that said, you know, Buffalo loses to, to Pittsburgh. Uh, in a game that I, I watched a little bit of the first half, thought Buffalo is going to take care of this this game, and then, you know, look up a few hours later and see, you know, Pittsburgh won a little bit handedly. Um, and then last night in the Monday night game, uh, uh, I fell asleep, but, you know, woke up this morning to, again, a surprising result with, with, uh, with the Raiders coming out on top uh, over Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. I will say... Uh, if and I don't know how the structure is working, but if Peyton and Eli are calling every game, every Monday night football game on ESPN two this year, I will be watching almost every, uh, portions of almost every Monday night football game. That was really entertaining stuff. Uh, and if you hadn't, if you didn't get a chance to check them out on on the Monday night football coverage, uh, please do so the upcoming weeks. They were funny. They were informative. Um, you know the banter between the two of them. Some of the guests they had on. They had uh, Charles Barkley. They had Ray Lewis. Um, it was very just entertaining to watch. And I was almost, you know, willing to, I had no dog in the fight. I do like John Gruden. Um, I had no dog in the fight though, you know, between the Ravens and the, and the Raiders. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team, but my team was getting destroyed. So it didn't matter what he did. Um, so I was just watching it for Peyton and Eli and they did not disappoint. They were really, really entertaining, really informative. Um, and, you know, telling stories, you know, trying to predict what's going to happen in the game, play-by-play, play, um, commenting on plays that happen in the game. Uh, it was good stuff. So check that stuff out on ESPN2, a little free commercial for ESPN because they really need it from from someone who has about 10 viewers on a podcast. So, um, all right, we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe might do another podcast later in the week, but I, I doubt it. We're probably going to keep this out once a week if that um, if we do gain some traction. Hopefully I'll go, you know, dig out a, a – uh, a, a co-host or something it's it's pretty boring just doing it by yourself and I'm, pr- I'm sure it's pretty boring listening to someone but do it by himself but um you know you need an antagonist you need an antagonist and um you know it, it would have been entertaining for the listeners to to hear former co-hosts possibly future co-hosts colin just go in on on ohio state and talk about how ryan day who's 45 and three in three years needs to be fired after losing to Oregon. That stuff is entertaining for the listeners. So we'll see if we can get some of that here in the future. But um, if you are listening, appreciate you coming on to listen. Um, you know, again, follow at no chains pod one on Twitter, and then take a look at us on, uh, on SoundCloud and, and iTunes, um, iTunes podcasts, rate, subscribe, um, tell your friends, see if we can get this, uh, get this off the ground a little bit. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the sports this week. Enjoy the football this weekend.